like to talk and read all things books and mystery. Funny stories. The characters of youth always tend to be a sleuth. The Hardy Boys will do. Don't forget Nancy Drew. It's a clue. Hello, sleuths. I'm Kelly. Karen, welcome to It's a Clue, a faux crime comedy podcast for ballerinas in the Witness Protection Program. (laughs) Kelly, today I would be honored to discuss a book with you, and it is called The Scarlet Slipper Mystery. Mm, It sounds intriguing and complicated. Oh, it is. Uh, I have a thought (laughs) for you to ponder. Karen, I would be disappointed if you didn't. (laughs) So... I am just already laughing at this thought to ponder. This killed me. If you found a clue of any variety, and on top of the clue was a post-it note that said, don't read this or you will die, (laughs) would you read Uh it? And the reason I ask is that this happens in this book. Uh, Yes, it's it's not without context. (laughs) Um, I mean... Probably not. (laughs) Like, I wish I had a cooler answer than that. I wish I'd be like, of course I'd read it, you know? Like, I have no fear. I'd be like, I've got plenty of reading material. I don't... I'm good. How about you? Would you read it? No, I wouldn't. Yeah. Cool. So, I guess we've discovered why we are reading detective mysteries and not actual detectives. You're not solving them. Because the reason I ask is that this happens... (laughs) We'll discuss more at length, but a man's suitcase is stolen. Uh The contents of this suitcase are very confidential documents about the Centrovian revolutionary movement. And the suitcase is breached. And on top of the documents is a handwritten note that says, don't read this or you're going to die. And Nancy LOLs, as she always does, is like, I'm going to read every word. And in my mind... I'm like, I'm going to write this down and ask Kelly because I would be like, you know what? I've seen one too many horror movies where it's like, well, that's my thing. This is activated the next ring sequence where, yeah, I'm like, no. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, thank you. There's there's way too many ways for that to actually even if even if it doesn't kill me. It will destroy any quality of life I have while I wait for the axe to drop for the next 70 years. Precisely. Like, you'll always Mm -hmm. be wondering. And be like, maybe, is it is it today? And you can connect any two things if you try hard enough. So, like, every That's time right. I stubbed my toe going forward, mm-hmm. I'd be like, this is it. The documents. <laughs> I shouldn't have opened that suitcase, <laughs> that briefcase. <laughs> it's really too bad I opened that briefcase and I don't even read Centrovia. And it seems like kind of a waste. <laughs> <laughs> Just put them into the burn pile after that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a good open uh, thought to ponder, Karen. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you I'll so be, much. I'll be pondering it late into the night, I'm sure. I'm glad that you... I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page because I was like, I am not a very exciting person, but too risky for my blood. <laughs> no, I mean, but but let's let's be honest. I would say 98% of the things that happen in these books, I would just immediately call the police. I'd be like, don't want any of that. Without question. I wouldn't be opening the door, you know. Right. I never would have met, you know, the hunky boat captain or riding a horse upstream in a Mm -mm. 
white water rafting situation. I don't even know what to call I wouldn't, it. <laughs> I wouldn't be in any kind of water situation. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the canoe is where boating the lilac in. Wouldn't have happened. Um, the river horse wouldn't wouldn't touch a river horse with a 50-foot pole. Like, well, Kelly just wouldn't do it. Thank God we got Nancy then. Whew, somebody's got to be out there solving the mysteries of the world. Don't, slash river heights. Don't we know it. <laughs> do you ever wonder, like, I wonder what all of the teen detectives in the other towns are getting up to and why no one's writing their stories? You know, Encyclopedia Brown was running a boom in business. and He, he was. And actually, we've had a special request to do Encyclopedia <gasps> Brown. So I think in. we need to. I am yeah. in move that to the top of the pile bump it up i am so yeah. down i cannot wait encyclopedia brown and the babysitters club were like i i was like this is everything i want to be in my life you know? i i yes well and you know you had babysitters club and i was fortunate enough that they made that babysitters little sister series that was like the karen bucks good for my age and her name was karen where have i heard that name before <sighs> i wonder how she's doing with our the disparagement of our name currently probably, probably not great not great <laughs> probably had a convo with morbid of destiny about it do you know that i lie whenever i go to a public place about my name do you really i went to a place on saturday where i ordered a glass of wine you order your wine at the counter and then they they're and like, they were gonna like scream out your name yeah i tell everyone my name's k k-a-y i'm k farmer now so henceforth oh. i shall be known as just k <laughs> you don't want to tell people your name is runicorn I could, but Weird. I'm not sure they're going to spell that right on the side of a Starbucks cup. <laughs> it does have a silent P at the beginning, so that is confusing. A silent P. Prunicorn. Yeah. yeah. No, it's silent. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> it's like pterodactyl. Uh, well, Kelly. Uh, yes, Karen. Kind of like at school when the PA system would come on in the morning, I think we should start doing opening announcements. Oh. <gasps> I love that idea. Do you have an announcement? I do. Oh, good. Thank you for asking. I don't. I set that up and I was like, I have nothing to say. <laughs> yes. Opening announcements. Um, Yes. Yeah, so we actually have some new Patreons that we need to give a little <gasps> shout out to. Love it. So our new Helen Cornings are Karen Harper. <gasps> Another Karen! Who's also probably going through what you and Karen from the Babysitter's Club are. Karen. Solidarity, and, my friend. And... Marin Olson. <laughs> so in some ways, she's dealing with it too. She's like, no, it's Marin with an M. <laughs> Is this my new girl posse? <laughs> they they might be, and they've kind of like self-assembled here, which is amazing. I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, Karen and Marin, thank you so much for your support, your patronage. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate you. Yes, big time. Thank you so much. Um so I don't really have like many opening announcements beyond that other than to say I have joined two book clubs Karen (laughs) let me say how much that surprises me not at all and please really please say more why do you why do you say it doesn't surprise you well because you read so many books and you are a treasure trove for any book club and so of course everyone's gonna be like the second someone starts a book club they're gonna be like we need kelly that's that's such a nice thing to say. A to tell us what to read next because she knows every book, and B, she will read it. <laughs> I I will read it, like that is my solemn vow. Um, 
so one of them is at the bookstore near my house. So I'm ex- and that they're doing like New York Times kind of like recent bestsellers. Love right? it, love it. Um, haven't been to one of those yet. The other one, have I told you about the romance book club I'm part of at the library? Stop it! No, you have not. I shan't. So. I, I'm sharing this mostly because I love the concept of this because I think sometimes what derails book clubs or can derail a book club is like people aren't interested in the book that gets picked, right? And it's like, yeah. I don't want to read that. Um, so then you fake it or you don't come or whatever. So this one I think is really smart. They're doing a, it, it has to be a romance book, but every month is a different like subgenre of of the romance category nice. and you can read any book that you want <gasps> that falls into that subgenre and then we like we all just kind of like pitch what we read and you know with like no spoilers or anything but you know have you read this one have you read that one i really love this because it kind of had elements of this this and this so like um this coming month is um, I think it's like witch themed, right? So there's this all kinds of genius. You know, it's so smart. I love it. I love it. Um, they've done like STEM themed romance, so like Ali Hazelwood books, and you know, there's a bunch of those. And um, yeah, like it's it's. I think it's really kind of a fun new take on setting up a book club. That's the coolest so. idea I've literally ever ever heard. Because like you're steering your own ship, and also yeah. you walk away enthused about solid gold recommendations from your people like people who you know are into the same thing that you are that's exactly right like it's a really good kind of like geek out moment because everybody there is like oh my gosh I also loved that book or this type of book or you know whatever so anyway I just thought I'd share (gasps) so that that concludes my announcements do you do you have any opening bell announcements I have an announcement for the class I'm so excited I just appreciate that everyone still has followed this journey. Kelly, I had one of the best days of my life two Saturdays ago. Oh my gosh. What what happened? I, I still don't even know how to put words around it, but I was just during the week kind of going around on the internet to see what I could see. And just perusing the internet. Indeed. And out of nowhere, this very innocuous kind of if i'm being honest like a shady looking ad popped up on facebook and it said come to the celine michigan american girl sale <laughs> and i clicked it immediately <laughs> there were and you didn't get a virus on your computer shockingly there were very few details and i would it's one of those things where you're like is this an acne trap for me it's like dolls and books and then i get murdered (laughs) you know (laughs) like it's just basically the equivalent of like a karen size box with one end up on a board (laughs) you go inside for the carrot exactly it's like dolls except it's a samantha dogs there's like some charcuterie and it would be like i'm i'm toast i'm toast at that oh i'd be happy to live in that trap though right so like poke me an air hole i my good friend Sam that I have talked about, um, I was like, Sam, <laughs> you got to go to this AG show with me. It's either going to be amazing or the weirdest four minutes of our life. And right. Sam, yes, anded me and was like, uh, let's do it. <laughs> Kelly. And it was real, I take it. It was so 
good. I walked into this like gymnasium at a rec center. There were probably 60 tables set up of people who have collected and preserved and categorized American Girl items throughout its entirety. Like we had vintage dolls for sale that had been restored. We had new stuff for sale that had like they had discovered and rescued from like Goodwill bins. Like it was insane. I walked up to this one booth and there was a woman working the booth who was probably my exact same age. She like had the same haircut as me. We clapped eyes on each other. We were like, oh, hello. <laughs> and I, I, I looked at her and I just had the biggest smile on my face and she she was running her own table like selling stuff and she was like is this not the best day ever (laughs) (laughs) are are you guys best friends now oh i i wish i had like slipped her my digits because i think she might but she might have actually been an alternate reality me i don't know maybe next time i'm on the other side of the vendor table but um it was awesome and i i did bring home a small friend did you did you did you acquire a new friend I did. Adopt. I, I I lived in San Francisco for a very long time. Um, did you really? Yeah, I was about uh, kidding. twelve to thirteen <laughs> years, one might say. <laughs> um, so I'm I I moved there when I was two, <laughs> <laughs> and there's a doll, a historical doll from San Francisco named Julie, and I have always coveted her. And a woman Never had her, her for sale, and she was like perfectly. It was the original Julie, like perfectly preserved in great shape. And I was like, mm, I should probably just get her. So, <laughs> so I did, and so so she's a San Francisco girl yes she is from san francisco from the 70s and she is a delight (laughs) i've i've never heard of julie that's not saying much but because i'm not like as into it as you are but i'd never even heard of her yeah she's the best so uh, i'm so happy for you that sounds like an amazing event is it annual it is annual and i already put it on can i go next year yes yes i'm gonna gonna drive up and go with you i would love if you came with me and and i'm just gonna be like you should buy that i'm just i'm just gonna be I'm just going to be a pusher. I legitimately had the moment where, like, I I don't know what I was expecting. It was not that it would be this awesome. And I super had a moment where I looked at Sam and I was like, hold my sunglasses. (laughs) Because I had to look through (laughs) some vintage Samantha outfits. And Sam was like, "I yep, got it. (laughs) Good friend. Yep, Sam is the That is a good keeper, for sure. (laughs) A total keeper. Anyway, those conclude my announcements. Um... That's I'm I'm thrilled for you. Well, Kelly. Yes, Karen. It's my favorite moment of the podcast. Do it. Set it up. I'm going to uh, welcome to recommendation station. Woo woo. <laughs> In which we recommend content to you, our listeners, that we think you might enjoy. Yeah. So, you want me to go first? I would love if you went first. I I would I'm I will. So, I ha- you know, I've read several books recently, but I'm not necessarily like convinced that any of them are, you know, like a match for this demographic per se. Okay, um, that's okay. I, I I did just read the new Stephen King book, Fairy Tale. Oh, how was it? It's good. It's if you love Stephen King because you love Stephen King kind of horror, this is probably this is very different from that. But if you don't normally like Stephen King horror books, you might really like this. I <laughs> I love his writing and this is not quite as like scary. 
you know. Okay, um, okay. It's it's really like a modern fairy tale. Interesting. Um, I think I have a copy of it that I absconded with from somewhere. That makes it sound like I rob bookstores. No, I support your independent <laughs> bookstore. Someone like handed me a copy of this and that they what had. What world do you live in where people just walk up to you and hand you brand new books? Heaven, we're in heaven. <laughs> she's like well right next to the american girl trade show is uh the book giveaway barn and uh it's pretty much pretty much the best come on up to michigan Um, it's all happening up here i'm like i'm gonna move there tomorrow um so what but what i was actually gonna recommend is and and this is definitely not like um this is pretty adult content i would say um it's very scary but if you have not watched the tv show luther Mm. I would highly recommend. Um, very creepy. Um, it's it's essentially like it's a BBC show, so the seasons are really short. And I kind of bring it up because Netflix just released a like a follow up to the end of the TV series that's like a feature length film, which oh. I have not watched yet because I'm still trying to finish my way through the through the TV series. But there is like a new addition into that world, so delightful anyway yeah that's mine how about you um so i am watching on the netflix a korean drama called the glory that i've seen that do you like it i can't get enough of it also very adult themed it is like a a revenge tale and it is phenomenal there are 16 hour long episodes of it so if you need a good long my god i thought you meant 16 hour like I was like, my God, oh, Karen, like 16, 16 one, one hour, hour episodes. Yes. Got it. It's like, that's too long. Like, you, I, I love a long show, but that's You might long. change your mind if you watch the show. It is so good. All but right. um, I'll definitely check it out. The book I will recommend to our audience, this is definitely YA. So I would say PG-13. Um, mm-hmm. I listened to this as an audio book. It is called Pretty Dead Queens, and it's by Alexa Dunn. I came across this book because it was one of the 2023 Edgar Award nominees. Ooh, um, okay. Which I, whenever that list comes out every year, I like go prowling through it for some good new highly recommended thrillers and mm-hmm. picked this one up via Libro FM audiobooks. And it's, mm-hmm. it was so delightful. Maybe that's oh not gosh. the word. It was like, a, it was a great thriller. Um, and I put the little teaser in. Do you want me to read it? I would, I please tell us what it's about. Okay. After the death of her mom, 17 year old Cecilia Ellis goes to live with her estranged grandmother, a celebrated author whose Victorian mansion is as creepy as the murder mysteries she writes. On the surface, life is utterly ordinary in the California coastal town until the homecoming queen is murdered, and she's not Seaview's first pretty dead queen. With a copycat killer on the loose, Cecilia throws herself into the investigation, determined to crack the case like the heroines in her grandmother's books. But the more Cecilia digs into the town's secrets, the more she worries that her own mystery might not have a storybook <gasps> ending. Ooh, I want to read this. It's super this is, good. This is like Nancy Drew meets Twin Peaks. That is perfectly, perfectly stated. The whole setting is yeah. very Twin Peaksy. It's a teen who is kind of like... The sleuth life finds her. She is doing the most to find clues and tie things together while also, you know, trying to, like, go to school and be a high school student and having, you know, crushes on people. And it's, oh, I loved it. I loved it. I love it. it. I'm definitely going to read that. Thank you, Karen. 
My pleasure. So this is the section of the show that I enjoy most in which you do research (laughs) and tell us about why the book that we just read happened. Well, as luck would have it, I have a fun did, fact did for you, you find today some dirt? that is going to make you laugh so hard. <laughs> Ooh, I cannot wait. <laughs> All right. Brace, <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me. Brace yourself. Bracing. Okay, so as always, I will let you know this is book number 32 in the series. I cannot believe we've read 32 of these books. Yeah, I know. And we've got like 90 to go, so. <laughs> That's true. Hang in there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> It was written in 1954. The ghostwriter for this book, he's a one-and-done ghostwriter. This is the only one he ghostwrote. His name Thank is... Thank the Lord. Sorry, Completely go on. Completely agreed. His <laughs> name, shocking. I'm sure you're shocked this book was written by a man, mm. as we will discuss later in the podcast. Can't, can't believe it. Genuinely surprised. Charles Stanley Strong, who I, look, I looked him up, and as I have said many times, sometimes there is a trail to find information about this person mm-hmm. oftentimes there is not oh girl oh oh what did he do so much stuff he is a writer adventurer and explorer um writer i think is generous concur uh he wrote under a ton of other pen names apparently he also wrote one of the hardy boys books which is the hooded hawk mm. mystery so we should br- make a note to not ever read that book <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Okay, and here is the dangled carrot, if you will, Kelly. Oh my gosh. In 1931, (laughs) there was an article written about this man in the Brooklyn Eagle magazine. And do you want to know what the title of the article about Charles Stanley Strong was? I do. Long Island Man Kills Shark from Airplane. Say that one more time. (laughs) I was like, I don't think the order of those words makes sense. Say it one more time. Long Island man, as in a man from uh-huh. Long Island. From Long Island. Uh-huh. Kills sharks, plural, from an airplane. <laughs> With what? Like a harpoon? Oh, a I'm gun? so glad you asked. <laughs> Apparently, it was a machine gun. And we don't know Ew. why. We don't know why he was in an airplane airplane with a machine gun i also i assumed when i initially read that that it was like at long island but i'm assuming it was elsewhere because he is a writer adventurer and explorer but like kelly this i wish you could see my face right now i wish i could too i miss you it's a combination of disgusted and like incredulous (laughs) Why why would you just kill sharks like maybe it was a jaws situation if this book wasn't I mean, so terrible, I would okay. give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> that he was, yeah, it's kind of how I feel. I'm like, I feel like this is a little sus. Yeah. Um, I, I how will cl- how you... close was the nearest banana boat? That's information I need to have before <laughs> judging this situation. It's so fair. But like, his seriously, y'all, look him up on Wikipedia. Charles Stanley Strong. I'm going to read you a couple of excerpts that I copy-pasted. For the past three years, he has enjoyed a wide reputation as a traveler, explorer, lecturer, and photographer. During the past seven years, he has had more thrilling adventures than the hero of a dime novel. He's visited 50 countries. He's explored unknown parts of Scandinavia. He migrated across the frozen tundras with Swedish, Norwegian, and Finnish laps. 
He has been shipwrecked off the coast of Norway. He traced a lost colony of the old Norse civilization. He's taken part in a mapping. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not even going to go on. But apparently he does all of this stuff. He shoots That's like kind sharks of incredible. from an airplane. And then he was like, and my dying <laughs> wish is to write book 32 of the Nancy Drew right serious like that's what i was sitting here thinking like how did that conversation happen because i can completely understand how you know the the company was like you know who actually can like walk the walk to talk the talk in these this books guy. and then this guy like you know let's go get old shark shooter mcgee to <laughs> to write one of these things i let's- thought you were gonna say charcuterie mcgee <laughs> that uh, that would have been amazing uh missed opportunity uh who would have known though like you know it's like can you imagine getting that draft back being like okay so you mean to tell me that you shoot sharks out of an airplane you've actually been shipwrecked you've trekked the frozen tundras and you wrote this book you your mouth to the angel's ears kelly like you would on paper this man is the perfect person to ghostwrite yeah. a Nancy Drew novel. He is a hardy boy. And I have to say, if I had to give one nickname to this book, a nickname is not the right term. I just, Kelly, swing and a miss, man. <laughs> I completely couldn't. Like, I think that's being so kind. <laughs> well, people are in for a doozy with our thoughts on this book. We're sorry, uh-huh. y'all. <laughs> Well, with that being said, should we should we move along before we get quite into the uh, the wrecking job we have to do on this book? Yes. So let us talk about the competition that we run twice a month on our Instagram, the one sentence plot competition in which, which Kelly. Everyone really rises to the occasion on these. They do. They do. Yeah, many it is kudos. an explosion of creativity. Kelly posts the cover of the book as a instagram reel which i still don't know how to do and asks i i'm keeping it that way i've gotta you know gotta have a little job security (laughs) i love you so much (laughs) and once we post the cover of the book slash by we i mean kelly we ask all of you to tell us with no context what you think the plot of this book is in one sentence Perfectly described, Karen. And so, Kelly, please describe the cover of this epic novel that we just read. <laughs> I would love to. Uh, the cover may be the best part of this book. Um, <laughs> Nancy is wearing an amazing dress, like actually would, would purchase this dress if I had the opportunity. And she appears to be standing in like the middle of a dark kind of smoky location. Like it could be like a misty forest or a smoke filled dungeon or something like that probably neither of those things but that's what it looks like and she is holding like a very ornate gilt framed oil painting of a ballerina who is mid pirouette wearing red dare i say scarlet point shoes (laughs) so there we have it perfect and from that we said what's going to happen in this book did you select a winner i did select a winner did you select a runner-up yep or was okay okay so so I, the winner up first. Actually, no, you should give the runner up first. Perfect. So I <laughs> I loved this. I don't know how to say this person's an- handle, but it's at P-L-N-O-V-A-S-H. Plenovash. Perfect. 
it's probably something really obvious and I just messed it up. Anyway, I loved your response. They said, thoughtfully studying the ballerina's position, Nancy prepares for her next impromptu pas de deux. She's first replacement should a dancer for the American Ballet Theater sprain her ankle. It's a completely legitimate guess. Like that could have easily happened. And in it this kind book. of did. And it kind of did. I know they're a psychic. It was it was a good guess. It was a good guess. <laughs> okay, so who won? Okay, so I picked at Lily R. Buescher. Yeah, maybe. Um, sorry if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. Who said River Heights's anachronistic means of viewing Instagram stories through paintings shoved through their mail slot always annoyed Nancy, but perhaps never more so than today when her breakfast of boiled cabbage and jello was interrupted by an unceremoniously deposited picture of Bess's latest hobby. <laughs> Which is also I'm tell you why I selected accurate. This one. It is also accurate. Also, like I loved how we got Like, we had some slice-of-life moments in here, right? Like, we have Bess doing yet another hobby. We have, you know, a historic interpretation of Instagram. And we have a real, like, true kind of of slice-of-life moment here with uh, Nancy's dining selections, which feel very potentially possible. Boiled cabbage and jello. Throw in a glass of milk and you got a real meal there. (laughs) Yeah, some ham salad or something, you know? Oh, bless. Well, so yeah, con- congratulations to our winners. Um, as we've told you before, there are no cash and prizes other than forever glory <laughs> and our undying appreciation. We love you. God bless. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, I have nothing else to give. Um, so now, without further ado, oh, it God. is time for today's super fast plot overview. And Karen, Uh, you had your work cut out for you, sis. I don't feel good about this. (laughs) I should also just say, for for our audience, I did text Karen and said, like, bullet point this one. I honestly, I wouldn't even know how to do it. I Karen, I actually went to Wikipedia to see if they had a, a a good synopsis that you know I could just be like, it's. It's happening. It's Wikipedia this week. And even Wikipedia didn't have... It, it was like three sentences that basically was like, something happened and there was something with point shoes, I think. And It was basically a gif of someone shrugging. <laughs> that's that's exactly it. Kelly, um, I, so yeah, good luck. I love you. Thank you. I did my best. I wrote it from scratch. I painted with very broad brushstrokes. Uh I don't know how you would do anything else. All right. Are you ready? Here we go. I'm ready. Super fast plot overview. (laughs) Henri and Hélène Fontaine, owners of a ballet academy in River Heights, are besieged with trouble. After fleeing to River Heights from their homeland of Centrovia under threat of death, they are now receiving death threats at their school for tiny dancers. Nancy decides to have them move into her house. (laughs) No questions asked because safety. It turns out there is another Centrovian refugee and his daughter, Millie Koff, living in River Heights, and they are also famous ballet people. Millie goes completely missing, so the logical progression is that, number one, they're also involved in some horrific crime against Centrovian revolutionaries, and 
Number two, Nancy must now star in the River Heights Charity Gala, which features a ballet solo with a speaking role. When she's not busy choreographing and practicing her upcoming ballet debut, Nancy discovers that there are some artsy crimes happening. Badly made bisque figurines are being sold with cracks in them. Inside the cracks is a slip of paper with a strange coded number. Also, a pair of crimson slippers and a painting of a ballerina with crimson slippers goes missing. The weird coded number shows up in these places too. It turns out Henri painted these portraits back in Centrovia for an art dealer named Raoul. Some bad guys implanted valuable gemstones into the paintings, then started smuggling them all over the world as a cover for jewel theft. We also learn that Mr. Koff, aka Ballerina Millie's dad, is a Centrovian freedom fighter and had valuable information about the Centrovian resistance that was stolen from him via his briefcase. Long story short, there are three bad guys and one bad lady involved, all using a thousand different aliases. They try to frame Henri and Hélène for the smuggling, almost burn the whole Clue crew alive in an abandoned farmhouse, and then, you guessed it, they confess everything immediately in full detail at their moment of eventual capture. We also learn that the weird code that was popping up everywhere was just the main bad guy's passport number, which he very cleverly used as a secret code to verify his identity. Great work, bad guy. Identity officially verified. We celebrate the end of the mystery with a party at Ned Nickerson's parents' super fancy vacation house. Nancy gets mega famous in the newspapers for saving Centrovian revolutionaries and an entire ballet school, and she is rewarded with a portrait of herself painted by Henri that Carson wants for Christmas. The end. Karen, no joke, that synopsis was more enjoyable than the book. <laughs> I, I say that with no trace of, like, humor at all. Like, that is 100% just honestly true. I want that to be a compliment, but the bar was it is on a the ground. <laughs> it is, well, true, but it, it is a compliment. Okay, Karen. So, I think, let's just, let's just do it. Okay, we need to rip off the Band-Aid. Ugh. It's happening. Um, do you have any general thoughts and musings you would like to share for the good of the group? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how how long do we have <laughs> um well we've been talking for 40 minutes so <laughs> not long <laughs> we've got we've got 40 minutes <laughs> much of this is edited out this this involved like a break i just took so i should that's, tr- that's true however i should speak quickly you have three hours <laughs> kelly i knew i was gonna like this book from page one paragraph one chapter one uh, sentence agreed. one <laughs> <laughs> yes it it did not start off great for you <laughs> The first sentence in this book is that Nancy's on a plane with some guy who's like, we're going to die. The plane is crashing. And I was like, I'm already out. I hate it. And then mm-hmm. Nancy says flippantly, don't worry. It's just that the engine has stopped. We'll be all right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my, my. Like, we're so cavalier. Also, then when the plane does eventually almost crash, like basically crash lands on the runway and they deplane, she's like, Thank you so much for such a pleasant flight. Yes, she and I'm like compliments okay. the pilot. It is perfectly acceptable to thank the pilot for, you know, helping you all survive this incident. Like, thanks for getting us on the ground, Captain. But to be like, it was great. I loved the drink service. What a you know, pleasant I experience. Could, yeah. 
Um, Insane. Seems seems a little bit like not an authentic response. Written by a man who's shooting sharks from airplanes, clearly. Thank you. Um, I also felt like this whole book felt like a backslide in terms of, I don't know, the women's rights movement, uh, uh-huh. Nancy's authority, Nancy's confidence. At the beginning of this book, we're supposed to like Henri, the... I don't know why I say his name. His name's Henry with an I at the end. I just am trying to aggravate. No, but I think it. it is Henri. But I think, so Henri is supposed to be a likable character, and he is for the most part. But one of the first things he says to her is, how can a detective be a girl and so pretty? Which is, therein lies the problem of most of this entire book. Mm-hmm. She is competent because females are competent, and she's good at, uh, anyway. No, finish your, finish your thought. You're exactly right, but you should say it. Well, and then this author leans into that and has Bess or sorry he has Nancy reply and go oh sorry no Bess has just given me too much credit about being an amazing detective like I'm really not which is so awful and also not Nancy Drew's character it is not like Nancy is humble but she does not she's not self-effacing you know like thank you um also like just a reminder women can be pretty and smart and talented all at the same time also being pretty is not the most important thing so like let's focus a little bit on nancy's accomplishments because she's clearly super capable and very accomplished and i don't know solving 100 crimes in this like tiny little community but yeah so i also had one of those that really stuck on my craw and it was towards the end of the book when she she gets like basically sent out to you know investigate a crime scene by herself but they're like here take detective so-and-so with you and he like wants to leave but then says yeah okay i guess i don't mind sticking around because i'd love to see how i'd love to see a girl sleuth in action yup yeah now there are a couple of intonations that one could assume this was said with so i you know I suppose if we're trying to be really, like, I don't know, compassionate toward the author's intentions, then maybe, you know, he's just genuinely interested to see an amateur sleuth at work, right? Yes, you got this. Maybe I can learn something. Yeah. I kind of don't think that was it. I kind of feel like it was said with either a leer or a sneer, but either way, I don't think As this author loved to say, a twinkle in his eye. Thank you. Yeah. Um... I just don't think we need to keep, you know, hitting so hard on the fact that she's a girl. Completely agreed. I think we spoke way too much about appearances in general in this book. Uh-huh. Everyone's, uh-huh. only if one was a female, everyone's appearance was addressed multiple times. And Constantly. Critical to this. And mm-hmm. can I just say. You can. Not here for it. Not here for it. That it's boring. It's boring. It is. Also, if you are an adult listening to this podcast and you haven't read Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus oh. and you agree with anything that we're saying, you should read that book as well. You know what? That book is amazing and I loved every second of it. What are your general your general thoughts and musings? And I, I, I'm pretty sure based on our texting exchanges, we are on the same page. <laughs> this, this felt like a job. Like it, this felt like drudgery, you know. I was like, I think I'd actually be rather be breaking up rocks right now than reading this book. Um, I I still don't entirely I don't entirely understand what happened. Like I I was I was like 
I'm reading. I'm reading the words on the page. They're not making sense. I don't know who these characters are. Have we met this character before? Like, I just felt like every other page there was some new criminal involved and I couldn't decipher. Is this is this an like what's happening? Uh, Yeah. So hated it. One hundred percent. Can't recommend. Hated it. The worst. (laughs) I can't wait until the portion of this podcast when we rate the book. I'm so excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I think this is the first time this has happened, honestly, in 32 Nancy Drew books where we both, we've had somewhere where we're like, I have yeah. improved. Not my favorite or whatever. Yeah. But have we like hated a book like this before? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> there, I know there, we should talk about our favorite parts. That is relative to the book. Yes. I would say that even with a Nancy Drew that one loathes. Yes. There but. there were some moments. We can snatch a little bit of victory from the jaws of defeat here. Yes. And so my my other podcast, <laughs> the Libro FM podcast, Craig and I interviewed TJ Klune this week. I'm so jealous. And I cannot wait to read that book. He was the nicest guy ever. And it made me just love all of his books even more. And now I'm rereading them. That being said, Craig ad-libbed on the podcast, the TJ Cluniverse. And I just looked at this and I was like, you know what I love about this book, even though I hated this book, is that it's in the Nancy Drew-niverse. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to say that context because I feel like I can't take credit for it, but... At any rate, the Nancy Drewniverse was giving us some delights. It was. Despite some massive flaws in the writing. My favorite thing of the whole book was that it centered around a dancing school. (laughs) The Uh owners of the dancing school, Henri and Ellen, are in dire trouble. Nancy's like, you should go into hiding at my house. (laughs) And they, (laughs) Hannah very kindly puts these people up in their home for an indeterminate period of time. And then the people of River Heights all come together to like run the dancing school. So Ned's yes. mom is like, I will be the manager and the receptionist. Mm-hmm. Bess and Unless Nancy. I have anything better to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> if anything else comes up, then someone will else have to cover. But otherwise, I will definitely be the manager. Yes, if I'm feeling When bored, I want to. If I'm bored that day and I need an activity, right. then I, you can plan to see me there. <laughs> um, Nancy and Bess are like, oh, you need people to teach the little kids classes? No problem. We can teach ballet to li- the little babies. The, the, the babies. The babies. Like Moira. Um, so Nancy and Bess immediately don their leotards and they're like, they brush up on their ballet history. and Which there was a lot of borrowing shared leotards in this book. <laughs> I was like, well, this is clearly written by a man who's never worn a leotard or been to a dance school. Like, it's it's not like putting on like a, a jersey. Do you, it's like, do you know what parts of your body a leotard touches? You're yeah, but also, uh, but it, but it is like borrowing a jersey, and that like, it's one and done. Like you wear that on the field, and that needs to go in the washer. Well, that's it, pronto. Like we're not like. No, no it's not like. <laughs> well, I could. I've got four more wears out of this. No, they are not denim. <laughs> 
Which um, has unlimited wears. I've been wearing the same pair of jeans for 10 years. <laughs> exactly. Like, one, once I get them where I want them, I'm like, Febreze it is. These these puppies can't go in the washing machine. Like, oh, they'll never fit the same again. Ex- uh, same with hoodies. <laughs> oh, hoodies. Oh, a hoodie. Whenever I have to wash a fresh hoodie... I feel so sad. I'm like, you'll never be the same. That's the worst. It'll ne- like it's gonna take. It, it, you'll be dirty by the time you feel right again. I know. At any mm-hmm. rate, Kelly, the people of River Heights run a dancing school, mm-hmm. kind of successfully, I would say. Yeah, they they do a good job holding down the proverbial fort. I would say. <laughs> yeah. Um. Did you? Okay. Favorite parts. We're really scraping the bottom okay. of the barrel, but what do you got? Well, <laughs> I I gotta say. This was not, this might be one of my favorite things that has ever happened in any Nancy Drew book. Like, <gasps> I won't say it's number one, but it's probably top five, like up there with the river submarine and some things like that. Okay. Um, so Nancy and Ned have missed their dinner date due to Nancy's untimely kidnapping. And once she's rescued, they're both hungry, but they've like, you know missed the opportunity for their date and Nancy's a mess and you know she's been shoved gagged and blindfolded and bound in the back of a seat for the past like two hours so she's like maybe not in the mood to go sit down to a restaurant so so what do they do they return to the scene of the crime (laughs) in the middle of an active investigation like there are police there processing the scene and they just go into the kitchen and like crack open a couple cans of beans and make dinner just full-on have a dinner date in the middle of a crime scene they do do that and i was like what the csi is happening right now karen like did none of these police officers go like um i mean you could potentially be eating evidence right now like nobody stops them nobody says anything nancy drew you know teen detective does not go you know like no we can't eat here um it was just my favorite thing that's ever happened i love that you wrote that down because i i glossed over it a little bit at that point because it happened so late in the book that i had just resigned myself to chaos at that point yes and it was yes and now that you call it out to me i see it for what it is it was it was a good it was a good moment magical so yeah what what I do you have any more? Uh Nancy per the winner or well the runner up of the one sentence plot summary does in fact have to step up to be a ballet soloist at the last she, minute. She does. Mm-hmm. That's been happening in like the last 5 books uh-huh. and I I'm honestly not over it yet. I love it. Like what's going to be next? It's like you have Except, to Except like in this one it it was completely it did not have to happen. Mm-mm. Like, it contributed nothing to the plot. She didn't actually ever end up even performing in the show. Like, in the past, she's had to, like, step into these weird, like, understudy-type roles at the last minute. Like, the figure skating thing and then the horseback riding thing to, like, gain her entry to that area or that group of people. Yeah. In this, it was just, like, because she's Nancy Drew and she can do everything. It was, like, the the show must go on. And she saw that, like, someone was in a pickle and she's like, I can solve this pickle with my amazing this. ballet skills. Um, so I will just say a few things rapid fire at you. Her dance solo apparently had a speaking component because she had to yeah. go run her lines 
And I've been involved in the performing arts world for a long time, and I've never come across a ballet toe-shoe dance solo that had speaking lines. But, you know, I'll suspend my disbelief. It's it's the River Heights art scene. They're really breaking boundaries. Also was a performing arts former professional. (laughs) She had to develop the entire solo herself. They're like, not yeah. only do we need you to perform this, but you need to choreograph it uh, as yeah. soon as possible. Seems like a risky move. And yeah. she said, <laughs> she, there's a direct quote that says, hmm, what will I do for my solo? I'll combine ballet and rhythmic modern dancing. <laughs> yeah. And my reaction was, this sounds like the actual worst. Like, yeah. I, I, would, I would be praying for intermission. Oh, yes. And then, and then we do get... A glimpse into what that turns into, direct quote, mm-hmm. her dance had become a graceful chase portraying the conflict between someone being pursued and the pursuer. <laughs> Which, Karen, it's literally not until you just said that that I went, oh, because she's Nancy Drew. She's mm-hmm. doing a Nancy Drew themed mm-hmm. dance. Sleuths on ice. Yeah, like she's the pursuer of criminals who are being pursued. But it's a one-woman show, so she's both. Yeah, and it sounds terrible. The back and forth. Yeah. It was such Ugh. secondhand embarrassment imagining it. Um, Karen, that's exactly right. Yeah. I was like, oh, Nancy. No, no, no. And then uh, the last two components of this. So the person that she is subbing for reappears. And in mm-hmm. my mind, I was like, oh, thank God. She's not yeah, going to have to do this and shame herself with this. Mm-hmm complex arrangement that she has put together so like millie is back we're like great millie's going on but then no the other soloist disappears which we never hear anything about and it's Mm -hmm. so you think that nancy is out of this pickle and then she's back in the pickle then she falls down Uh a ton of stairs and sprains her ankle and you're like well now she can't do it but she and they're like here's an ace bandage yeah like Get on stage, lady. We suffer for our art. I know. So the the most baffling thing about it is that this recital never even happens in the book, right? Mm-mm. Like it it just never even happens. It's not a thing. It does it does not matter. It's like it's like a cow's point. It's moo. Uh, we make our own fun here at the Scarlet Slippers headquarters. Um, I needed that so bad today. Thank <laughs> you for that. Okay, I will say there was a great moment of sleuthing in this book. Okay. There's this one part where Nancy realizes that this old man she's talking to, who's claiming to be both deaf and mute, isn't actually deaf because a dog barks and he turns his head. <gasps> that was good. I was like, ooh, that's good. Um, yeah. Uh, conversely, the worst moment of sleuthing is Nancy determines that she's figured out where Henri and Hélène have been held prisoner because she goes, you know, they're, they're dancers. Hélène probably would have been practicing her dancing because, you know, dancers can't let a day go by without working out and practicing and whatever. So we should search for signs of this. And she like, you know, sees 
dust in the floor moved away, you know, in the shape of a tondu or some nonsense. And she's like, they were here, you know, it's written in the floor dust, right? She was like, someone's waxed this corner of the floor and I see the exact imprint of what looks to be a toe shoe. And I'm like, so... This woman got kidnapped and was like, thank God I have my trusty toe shoes with me. And I do need to practice my dying swan solo today. Like, come on. But but moreover, Karen. Yes. Yes. Teach me. 99. <laughs> I am I am 99% sure that they were never actually in that building. So. Oh, that's right. Right. Like, because it, it, it doesn't even matter. But at one point. Henri and Helene come rushing in and they're like, oh my gosh, we found you. We found you. We just escaped from that building down the road where they've been holding us prisoner, holding us prisoner. And we heard them talking about this house or what? Like they'd never been there before. Right? <sighs> I, I mean, I think so. <laughs> I, I have no more favorite parts. I, I certainly don't either. Um, I, I like talk. that we... even our favorite parts were nefarious (laughs) no even i was like i realized i was like well that took a little bit of a turn Uh, Uh, well we tried um so i laugh so hard even saying this to you because the next thing we do in this podcast is called (laughs) it would have been awesome if and (laughs) i uh how did that go for you this week (laughs) to write that well, Karen, I will I will say it say it this way. You're right. It it would have been awesome if anything anything else had happened. Like um I I don't even want to start down this path because I honestly don't know how to fix this book other than just being like there is no book 32, just like there's not like, you know, a whatever floor at in hotels. You know, we just skip right over it. There's no, there's no 13th floor. No we just 13. go from floor 12 to 14. And in the same way, we just go from book 31 to 33 in the Nancy Drew series. Like, yep. um, so I, I am not smart enough to figure out how to save this book. Um, the one thing I will say is that I really wish that we had found out more about Genovia slash Centrovia. Yep. Like, that was the one part of this book that I was actually kind of that I that I liked, you know, like we've got this fictitious world that's in the middle of some kind of political turmoil. And now and like, I don't maybe maybe we've seen this before a little bit in a few but like this one had a really like political intrigue based mystery. In addition to jewel thievery and you know, threat. You know, I wish we had had a lot more of the political intrigue and backstory there and found out a lot more about Centrovia. I thought that would have been interesting yep um but i mean yeah i i i I don't know you know i i think i think a better gift for nancy at the end would have been that she was given the ballet studio um Mm. you know actually like add some assets into her portfolio real Um, estate luckily yeah luckily she got a painting that carson's already claimed so she gets nothing well, you know what is interesting to me is that um, one of my favorite thriller authors is Megan mm-hmm. Abbott. I love her books. She is one of mm-hmm. my immediate buy authors. Whenever it's like Megan Abbott has a new book, I'm like, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to read Good it. No, like the day yeah. it comes out. And she, um, she writes thrillers that take place in kind of in the midst of 
different hobbies like that's the different Ooh. Mm. I, what am I trying to say? She has a book about gymnasts and um, her most like recent... disciplines. Disciplines. That's it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, and her latest book, it, was, it came out in 2021, I think. It was mm-hmm. called The Turnout. And it is actually about a brother and sister that run wow. a ballet school. And I loved it. I loved it. People okay. Have, it's very, it's a very weird and very uncomfy in a lot of ways because it is like a thriller and it is just like twisty and turny and like drama left and right. But, but it's a brother and sister that run a ballet school. And so I was very excited about the mystery of the Scarlet Slipper. And I'm like, oh, it's like old yeah. the turnout. And, um, you know, so much. maybe if you were hoping that this would be something different, try reading the turnout by beginning yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, it's always nice to have a, um, you know, but the bright side is would, somebody else did it better. <laughs> it would have been awesome if I just read the turnout instead. If I read anything else. Um, so, Karen, did we get to add anything to Nancy's never-ending resume in this book? And I believe I know the answer. I oui. think. Henri yeah. and Ellen would say oui. <laughs> we added quatre things. That means four in French to Nancy's resume. <laughs> um, and so, appropriately, number one, apparently Nancy is completely fluent in French, which we did mm-hmm. not know before. A direct quote from the book, although Nancy could both read and speak French, she listened attentively as Henri began to read the letter. So um, she just was like, yeah, I, it's yeah. not even like conversational. I can do more than ask, où est la bibliothèque? Mm. Throw me into the mix. Which... I mean, who doesn't need to know where the bibliothèque and the discotheque are when you get dropped into Paris? And les toilettes, also important oui. to know. Very important. Um, she is, as described ad nauseum, a ballet dancer. She is a ballet dance teacher. She is a modern dance choreographer. She is mm-hmm. the the apex of dance greatness. <laughs> I thought you were going to say she's the apex predator of the <laughs> dance world. <laughs> No, but that would have also made this a better book. Um, kind of like an elite skateboarder, she is an expert faller. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's learned how to fall down. A bad lady, Mrs. Judson, shoves her down a flight of stairs, and she does the like skateboard fall where she's like boop 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 boop, springs up, and she's like, "I'm a little banged up, but I'm gonna make it." Direct quote from George Marvin. Where did you learn to fall down a whole flight of stairs and come up with nothing worse than a few bruises and a twisted ankle? And Nancy says, it takes a lot of practice. I can completely, though, see Nancy practicing that. Yes, I can too. I can't. It's do. not even difficult. Like, she can't remember a flashlight, but she has been practicing her fall downs. Is that what you, that, is that what you would call it? Yeah. Yeah, fall downs. I said expert faller, but rather call it expert faller downer now. Faller down, yeah. Well, it came in handy. The last item I will add, and I listen. This could be laxness on my part. This probably happened before, but there was a moment where I was like, Nancy has a grip of steel. Um, Ooh, I don't remember that part. She and Ned are chasing. (laughs) Did you say? <laughs> I don't remember anything from this book. I really, it was like a fever dream. I don't remember anything. Nancy and Ned are chasing Mrs. Judson, the bad guy wife, 
from train station to train station to train station. She finally, Mrs. Judson finally gets off of the train. Nancy goes sprinting down the platform. That's the word I was looking for. Yes. She grabs her by the upper arm and it's like Mrs. Judson can't get out of her grasp and she squirms and she screams and she hits Nancy with her purse and Nancy is like, you're not going Not on my watch, Judson. Exactly. And I'm like, ooh, that's a good, that is a good skill to have because ned goes She's probably for, like, practicing her grips too ned's like willing to do the full tackle to the ground and hold somebody down while the handcuffs get slapped on but mm-hmm. nancy will hold you by the bicep until you feel like your arm's <laughs> gonna come off and that's pretty much just as good oh my gosh she's gonna hold you by the bicep she is she is like she this woman could not get away and i was like awesome that's impressive yeah yeah that's what I got for the resume. Um, All right. What's going to keep, open questions. What's going to keep you up at night <laughs> about this book other than everything? <laughs> other than the two hours of my life that I lost reading it uh, <laughs> and that general regret. Um, uh, so actually there was there was an interesting thing and it, it might have not been the first time, but it's definitely the first time I kind of clocked it. So I was curious. Have we ever switched to Ned's point of view before? Or really to, like, anyone else's point of view before? Because there was a part in this book when Nancy has been kidnapped and thrown into the back of this car, which then gets hidden away in the woods. Um, Ned is looking for her, and suddenly we're, it, we're, we're with Ned. We're not with Nancy waiting to be rescued. Because, like, normally, I feel like we would stay with Nancy, and she would... She would start to go blurry and pass out. And then she hears a noise and she comes to and she starts kicking her feet and screaming. And then Ned's there, right? But like this time we're with Ned trying to figure out where she is. So has that happened before? Am I just forgetting? I'm sure it probably has, but. Definitely not with with Ned. No. Now that you mention it, I'm like, I think there have been a couple of times where maybe she's been separated from like Bess and George. And we've seen what's happening with those two in real time. But you're totally right. Like, we've never had, like, Ned perspective realness at all. Yeah. I'm going to have to pay attention to it more now. Because, like, for some reason it really stood out to me this time. Um, yeah. That's it. I mean, sorry. I don't have anything better. Do you Do you have any open questions? I mean, mine's just, like, mean and, like, sarcastic. But, like... I don't... I... Karen, I... That would be very unusual for this episode. <laughs> I just don't understand how Hannah Gruen has not, like, rage Lost her quit. Yeah, like, yes. rage quit, like, burned the house down. Like, Hannah does everything for Nancy and Carson. And in this book, I just feel like she was very taken advantage of. So, first of all, Nancy's like, here are these two entire adults that need to live with us for an indeterminate period of time and needed to feed them three meals a day and do their laundry and, like, Mm-hmm. Also, they are a hotbed of criminal activity, so mm-hmm. people might come to the house and try to, like, kill them and possibly us. So, like, is that cool? And so that happens. And and Hannah's like, no, it's not. And they're like, well, we're doing it anyway. They're already here. <laughs> they're on the third yeah. floor. Um, she gets, Hannah gets, like, attacked constantly in her own home because of these mm-hmm. situations. No one ever shows up for anything. Mm-hmm. When she tells nope. them to. She cooks all day long. She makes mm-hmm. these like three course meals for everything. And mm-hmm. then no one shows up. 
And nobody shows up. Or they show up with like seven extra people. Yeah. Yeah. And she's yeah. very kind about it. And basically she just gets no credit for anything ever and gets ordered around. And I'm like, I think Hannah's going to lose it. Because I, I mean, I would. I would have lost it 30 books ago if that's. Yeah. I, I want to know what she's getting paid because it need, it's it's got to be substantial to like overcome all of these things. I hope so. Um, or she, she like really must love Carson and Nancy. But like even so, I would be like, y'all need to show up. Dinner's at six, or else no more dinner. And the next time someone breaks every window out of the front of our house and ties me to a chair with a gag mm-hmm. in my mouth, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm officially out. She so. needs some boundaries. Boundaries, a little bit of like employer protection. Yes. Um, it's not good. Nope, not good. Yeah. So, Karen, should we rate this quote-unquote book? <laughs> yeah, I guess we should. <laughs> okay, well, this week we are rating The Scarlet Slipper Mystery out of a 12 possible Centrovian revolutionaries. How are you going to do that on Instagram? I, I, I'll get back to you. <laughs> Best of luck. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I do not know. Uh, so, would you care to share your rating? Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Please do. I'm so excited. This is I, this is the part I've been looking forward to the whole time. This is the I'm lo- always curious to see if, how close we are in our ratings. This is the lowest rating I've ever given a Nancy Drew book. Same. Also, just to be clear, I have mine written down and, like, I'm not adop- like adapting it based on what you say. <laughs> really? Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I never do, right? Like... This is, so I, I legitimately want to see how close we are. I gave it three out of 12 Centrovian <laughs> revolutionaries. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Here are my notes. Please. Super sexist. Yup. Super mean to Bess. Terrible. Super confusing for no reason. Mm-hmm. Everyone's horrible to Hannah. Mm-hmm. I gave it two Centrovian revolutionaries because Ned kind of like grew a spinal column in this book. Mm-hmm. And I gave it one additional revolutionary because I really liked the drawing of Nancy and Bess teaching ballet to little kids. <laughs> it was like a really cute illustration, which has nothing to do with the plot or the writing style of this book. But I loved that picture and I took a screenshot of it so that we can post it on Instagram. So just to be clear, though, you started with zero revolutionaries. Yes. And you only had cause to award it three. That is correct. Perfect. Um, I would say otherwise, other than those two items that I mentioned, this book was a disaster. Mm -hmm. And I am very glad to know from Wikipedia that this dude who was like shooting sharks out of helicopters is not responsible for any future Nancy Drew books. Yes. Thank goodness. I I, I would be on the struggle bus. Like if we found out that this guy was the ghostwriter for like the next 10 books, I'd be like, um... Pivot. Is it time to switch to the Hardy Boys? We would have to pivot. Yeah. Yep. Encyclopedia Brown it is. Um, yeah. So, Karen, I gave it two Centrovian revolutionaries. <laughs> no way. We're so aligned. Mm-hmm. Okay. Explain um, Explain your math. Okay. Well, I started with 12 and minus, right? Um, okay. So, minus five for just terrible plotting and confusing criminals. Uh, minus five for sexism and fat shaming best in the worst way we've gotten in any of these books so far. Um, I gave it plus one for the interesting shift to Ned's perspective. 
Uh, but then I took it back away for Nancy's weird choreography that made me feel really uncomfortable. Um, I literally hated this book. <laughs> End of review. <laughs> But maybe someone else will love it. I don't know. Sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I literally hated this book. Print that as a blurb on the dust jacket. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, you know what? I I very firmly, like, I don't think that it's fun to not like things. You I know? agree. Like, I, I think agree. it's fun to like things. And I... I, I know you're the same way. Like, I very intentionally try to find reasons to like something. And, like, yep. I I just really didn't like this book, Karen. I know. And I, you I'm know I'm really what? sorry. I'm hopeful that our listeners, I mean, this is, like, episode 40-something of our podcast. Like, I think our listeners know us well enough to know that we like enjoying things. And so this is yeah. incredibly this is an outlier. unique. And because it is an outlier... That in and of itself is amusing. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Karen, let's uh, put a button on this one. So what are we reading next time? Oh, okay. So next week we are reading number 33, which is Nancy Drew and the Witch Tree Symbol. Mm. I took a brief peep at what this is about. Ooh, goody, goody, goody. Tell it me, tell me. It takes place in a spooky mansion, which we love. <gasps> I love. And it takes place in an area that you have been to, Pennsylvania Dutch country. Ooh. I can't wait, honestly. Spooky Mansion, Pennsylvania Dutch country, yeah. possible quilting bee, a closed room, murder mystery. You heard it We're here We're just first. making all of this up. <laughs> it's going to be I was awesome. like, does that really happen? That sounds amazing. Yes, it does. Oh, <laughs> uh, well... Thank you all for listening and sticking with us and for putting up with us during our little break that we just took. We we needed a little spring break sesh and then this book bo- kind of broke us both a little bit. It took us like three weeks to get through. Um, but if you, if you are enjoying the show and you haven't done so already, if you would do us a huge favor and please rate, review, and subscribe, tell a friend who might be interested, and be sure to find us on Instagram at It's a Clue Podcast. Yes, and if you are so inclined, like our friends Karen and Marin that we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, <laughs> we would love if you became a Helen Corning friend on Patreon. Um, it's basically a bestie of the show. Uh, we will give you a shout out when you become a patron. And you get to do things like vote on our super sleuth titles for our exclusive episodes and all of those fun things. Woohoo! And Karen, most importantly, remember what we learned today in Nancy Drew and the Scarlet Slipper mystery. Okay. Nothing. No, I'm kidding. Um, there, there actually is a takeaway from this book. Don't use your passport number or mm. any number that is literally used to identify you as a person as the secret code amongst your smuggling slash kidnapping ring. This yep. seems obvious. <laughs> That's really good advice. And with that, happy, happy sleuthing! <laughs> It's a Clue is hosted by Kelly Biscopink and Karen Farmer. Our logo is designed by Courtney Kyle. You can find her on social media at I am Courtney Kyle. The It's a Clue theme song was written and recorded by Danny W. You can find her on Facebook at Danny W Music. Audio engineering is graciously done by our friend Mark Goodlow. It-